everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. She is the world's first female Jewish archbishop whose founding of Kadesh Map, Messianic, Apostolic, and Prophetic Ministries, along with husband and rabbi Baruch Berman, has taken her to the nations of the world these 30-plus years, teaching and preaching with signs, miracles, and wonders following, the authentic, or as she terms the, quote, original gospel of Messiah, resulting in true revival with fruit that remains, or at least the goal, but that's not all. This revivalist and television broadcast host, as well as composer, singer, and prolific author, some of which include, yes, a personal testimony of faith in Yeshua, sheep, nations, and roots, just to name a few, has embarked on perhaps her greatest work to date, which we will talk about today, the identity theft. The Return of the First Century Messiah. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to testimony a high honor indeed, founder and president of United Nations for Israel, Kadesh Map Ministries International, and Global Revival Map, Bible School, and more, Dr. and Archbishop Dominique Berman. Dr. and Archbishop Berman, welcome to testimony. Shalom, shalom, Jensen. It's such a pleasure to be with you today and with all of your listeners. Well, it is great to be with you. First of all, I'd like to thank our mutual friend and sister in Christ, Janine Fox, for connecting us. And secondly, I have to say your story and latest great read, The Identity Theft, is a stunner in that it exposes what many in the West may not be aware of, both Christian and you, but before we get to all of this in our brief time here today, would you, Archbishop Berman, just share with our listeners how you came to faith in Jesus Christ, Yeshua, our Messiah? <laughs> well, that's the title of my book, yes. It's an entire book on how that happened, but to make a recap of this, I was one lost Israeli Jew. <laughs> and in 1988, when I was at the end of desperation in the midst of a horrendous divorce process, I'd lost everything that I ever worked for at my young age of 28. And I went ahead and cried out with the following sentence, Light, where are you lost? Come to me. Because I was looking for God in the wrong places, everything in between in the occult, in the new age, in the Ouija, everything that I could find, I just wanted to find him. And so I said, finally, I, I realized that was darkness. So I passed that canvas, light, where are you lost? Come to me within 24 hours as I was tour guiding a group of Catholics, actually, Mexican Catholics in a very historical church at the waters of the Sea of Galilee, where Peter, you know, Yeshua asked Peter, do you love me? That one? Uh, in that place of the miraculous catch of fish, <laughs> then Yeshua literally came to me and told me something, and I was astounded because I said to myself, this cannot be my God. 
the God of Israel. He is the God of the Christians. And so, <laughs> yeah, he said to me, but run for your life. Get baptized and get saved. And boy, I followed those instructions. I said yes. And I've been running for the last more than three decades with his gospel all the way from Zion to the nations. And it sent me into a quest of discovery of why on earth couldn't I recognize Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah, in Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to Dr. and Archbishop Dominique Berman. Archbishop, let's get right into your latest great read, The Identity Theft, how it came about. Secondly, how Queen Esther is a perfect example in symbolism and in action and the nations of the world to which you have been sent from Israel to warn, educate, and equip how they will benefit from the reading of it. Wow. Well, I'm going to start from the end. Um, the testimonies that are coming in from the reading of this book that is already translated into eight languages and counting are absolutely amazing. People are talking about a complete transformation and restoration of life and of faith and a divine encounter, a fresh new encounter with the Jewish Messiah as they've never encountered him before. Now, the question is, why did I write the book? Well, I'd written so many books already, 20 of them. Well, at that time, it was 19 of them about the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, about exposing replacement theology that has caused the death of millions and millions of Jews, unfortunately, in the name of Christianity and Jesus Christ. And really, I wasn't looking to uh, write another book about it. But when I was at the NRB, there was one particular media personality that asked me about if I had a book with that title, because I, I told him, you know, what was the vision and the importance of restoring the full identity of the Jewish Messiah that has been stolen. Um, and uh, he said, so do you have a book with that title? I said, no, I've got a book with many titles, but not that title. And hmm. he said, why don't you write one? And he actually inspired me. He said, you know, if you write one, Sid Roth and who knows what is going to want to have you on their show so that you can share the truth about this. Um, and I, I just, uh, you know what, I took him for his word. I went before God. I said, Father, I'm not looking forward to this, but I just empty myself, as I always do with every book, and I ask you to flow through me unhindered and to actually write this book through me. Go ahead. And it was excruciating, but I did. I wrote this book, and it became the legacy book of my ministry. After like 31 years of traveling to more than 50 nations, this is the legacy book of everything that I preach in my ministry. And as I said, the um, translations, including the English, and the, all the way to Chinese, traditional Chinese, and also classical Chinese that are coming in, are astounding. Literally, revival is breaking out open with this book. Amen and amen, which leads me to my next question. Archbishop Berman, you mentioned a, quote, Jewish Messiah, end quote, versus a, quote, Roman Christ. Can you explain Yes, that's exactly the point. The point is that Yeshua is the Jewish Messiah, and he was born of the house of Judah, of the lineage of King David, uh, in Bethlehem of Judah. And uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, he was named Yeshua from the beginning by the Father, his covenant name. Uh, and, and what happened was that by the 4th century, after, of course, all the Jewish disciples and apostles had died, and then their other generations came up and they began to divorce themselves from the original Jewish roots 
and foundations until already by the 4th century to Emperor Constantine, who is the uh, Byzantine Emperor of Eastern Rome, there was a council that was written with the Council of Nicaea, where Constantine, and I'm quoting, it will show up also in my book, The Identity Theft, this quote from the Council of Nicaea, where I quote clearly that he said, let us separate ourselves from the detestable company of the Jews, for uh, the Lord showed us another way. And therefore, in this council, it begins to enumerate the other way, uh, begins to become another gospel, uh, and begins to replace absolutely everything that was given by Yeshua and by his Jewish disciples uh, on the first century. So everything began to change up to the point where we have now a Roman Christ kind of personality versus a Jewish Messiah, which made it much easier for eventually the Jews to be persecuted in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the Roman Christ. Uh, it made it easier for the people that actually bought into that lie to actually hate the Jews and anti-Semitism. The way we know it today was released all the way from the 4th century, literally until today, uh, through this religious system that stole the identity of the Jewish Messiah. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to Archbishop Dominique Berman, her latest must-read, The Identity Theft. Uh, Archbishop, how, in your view, did replacement theology take, quote, root in the church, thereby seeking to replace our, quote, Hebraic roots, or has it? Yes, it did take root. What happened was that after Constantine signed and sealed together with the bishops of the time, uh, that were mostly the bishops uh, of Eastern Rome and other bishops as well, and they signed and sealed the Council of Nicaea. Now this took root in such a way to the point where, for example, in most classical churches, you would find these two statues. And one statue would be the statue of church triumphant, looking like a queen. And then the other one would be called Synagoga Banqua or Synagoga Vanquish which would be the Jewish nation vanquished and looking at it as a broken woman. And this anti-Semitic kind of statues begin to be put in every church in order to both graphically and also from the pulpit begin to talk that the Jews are an accursed type of people that will never be able to be redeemed and that they actually need to be persecuted. And all the way, eventually, many church fathers began to write not only persecution, but also murder and annihilation all the way because they killed Christ, or because they killed uh, Jesus Christ. And so it began now to manifest in the form of anti-Semitism uh, that if I read you some of the quotes, and again, in my book, The Identity Theft, I've got some quotes from the Church Fathers that will cause your hair to stand on end. And they are very difficult quotes to stomach, and that's one of the reasons why it was really, really hard for me to be able to get into, um, you know, researching all of this. I knew a lot of it, but through the book, I have to research more. But on top of it, many, many other things changed because uh, from Constantine and on, they didn't want any kind of smell of Jewish at all. And, you know, when you divorce yourself from the Jewishness of the gospel and the Jewishness of the Messiah, you're actually divorcing yourself from him. And so this church actually divorced itself from the Jewish Messiah himself. That's called the Lion of Judah. So it cast away everything that had the smell of Jewish. And that includes, for example, replacing the Shabbat for the Sunday, replacing the original biblical feast for feasts that were attached to Rome, that came with Roman 
pagan customs and traditions and adopting also pagan laws and all kinds of Roman laws, you know, mixed with the Bible somehow, uh, it replaced uh, the Bible, really, because from then on, then people couldn't relate anymore to what people call the Old Testament. They couldn't relate to it as Bible. Only the New Testament portion became Bible, and even that, in various ways, has been misinterpreted greatly because it didn't have the first covenant scriptures to be able to relate to. Technically, the whole church went into apostasy and the Dark Ages, of which we are still coming out and seeing, believe it or not. I mean, we would think that after the 16th century and Martin Luther and the Reformation, we would be actually have come out, but it's not so. Martin Luther himself went into deception and terrible anti-Semitism in his book on the Jews and their lives, where he actually dictated the final solution that Hitler mentioned in his book, Men Come, and that Hitler follows saying, I'm only doing what the anti-Semite, the most anti-Semitic, uh, you know, church reformer of all times uh, said to do in his book. And it, it, is, it is difficult to stomach, but we've got to deal with the subject. Exactly. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to Dr. and Archbishop Dominique Behrman. Uh, for our listeners, just to recap, you said it was difficult for you to have to write your book, The Identity Theft, because it caused you to have to research the error and the horrors promulgated on the Jewish people by so-called, quote, Christians, and that history responsible for much of the divide and anti-Semitism we see today. That said, will your book, The Identity Theft, help to dispel the confusion, bring clarity to the narrative, and most importantly, bring healing to the divide that, if not stopped, could produce a holocaust of another kind? Your thoughts? Oh boy, Jensine, you definitely uh, nailed it right there. If we do not deal with this subject, then there is a few things that can happen. And that's why, yes, my book brings a tremendous amount of clarity. It exposes to the light what this monster looks like. And it is a five-headed monster. I can talk about it if you want later on. Uh, but it's important to mention about this five-headed monster uh, and if we do not expose it to the light and we do not detect it in different Christian doctrines, uh, then there are two things that can happen. That these lies will continue on in being a fuel for another Holocaust. And the second thing that could happen, which is also pretty, pretty bad, is that the church will be completely passive at this time where anti-Semitism has escalated to unfold proportions, kind of like before the Second World War and even during the Second World War, the proportions are still humongous. Even only in this month, for example, there has been more than 80 anti-Semitic events that have been reported to the Anti-Defamation League, and most of them go unreported. And so if we do not deal with this right now, and take it out of the closet and stomach it and come into a place where we can also repent, even repent for past generations, but especially for ours, then technically uh, we are not going to be able to stand there if we send times against this monster. Amen and amen. Archbishop Behrman, in your book, The Identity Theft, you talk about, which you just alluded to, five major reasons the church has lost its Jewish identity. Can you elaborate? Thank you for the question, Justine. Yes, there's this monster that I talk about in my book, The Identity Theft, is the monster of replacement theology, but it has five heads. Not everybody knows what the five heads are. And these are the five heads that are five reasons that uh, 
is the cause why we've lost the Jewish identity. And actually we've lost the gospel made in Zion and we've inherited a gospel that's a mixture with Rome. And so here it goes. The head number one is anti-Messiah. Anti-Messiah, well, you could say it's anti-Christ. So what does it really mean, anti-Messiah? It's anti-anointing. And therefore what happens is that many, many churches and even many denominations actually do not allow the Holy Spirit. And they do not mm-hmm. allow the Holy Spirit to function. So that is an outcome of replacement theology. And then we have anti-Israel, which is the church replaces Israel. In other words, Israel is done away with. All the blessings of Israel come to the church, all the curses to Israel, to the Jewish people. And that is a replacement. The church is now Israel instead of Israel. That, that is one is known by most people. But then there comes another one, head, which is anti-Torah. Torah is actually the laws and instructions of God. Anti-Torah is a head that opposes the commandments and the laws of God. The reason why the condition of the church is in the condition that it is, because people are rejecting his commandments, saying all the time that the law is done away with. Well, imagine that we would say that the law of America is done away with. We'll find ourselves in prison. For sure not. The gods and the commandments of God have not been done away with. They just need to be written inside of our hearts. And then we have the anti-Jewish head. The anti-Jewish head is also well known as anti-Semitism, where people have irrational hatred against the Jewish people and do hideous things, monstrous things to the Jewish people. And then the last head is anti-Zionism, which is the anti-Semitism of the day, where about people are against Zionism and against the establishing of the state of Israel and want to actually side up with a cause that I call it the Hitler's child, which is the Palestinian cause, which is the fulfillment of Hitler's dream with the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, uh, Hajamin al-Husseini, they met in 1941 to be able to execute the final solution from within the land. And that's anti-Zionism. So that, those five heads show up in a Christian doctrine in one way or another, but they, not, they don't only show up there. They show up also in Muslim doctrine. And so if we do not cut them all off and remove them from our doctrines and expose them to the light, and then those monstrous heads will keep on recurring and causing havoc. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to Archbishop Dominique Bierman. Uh, Archbishop, former President Donald J. Trump was and is arguably Israel's greatest presidential ally to date, having moved the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, declaring it the capital of Israel in 2018 heralded and praised by the U.S. and most of Israel. However, to the contrary, as you explain in your book, when a two-state solution was put on the table by this same president, that is when all, quote, hell broke loose, or more specifically, COVID-19. Can you explain and then tell our listeners why messing with the, quote, apple of God's eye, end quote, is never a good idea under any circumstance? Yes, Jensine. Um, I, I um, definitely love Donald Trump, and I love what he did um, for Jerusalem and establishing the capital, uh, the embassy of the USA there. We were there to record the whole event uh, in Jerusalem, and the Israelis were ecstatic when he did that, um, put signs everywhere, we love you, USA, we love you, Donald Trump, and you know, Israel in general, the Israelis love America. Um and uh, but, but unfortunately, I could already know the moment that that plan, that plan that everybody thought was the deal of the century and it's the best ever, was put on the table. I was scared for the USA. I was scared for the USA because according to what historically has happened, 
Normally, within 24 hours of any political move that opposes the covenant of God with Israel, that touches the land, that touches the boundaries of the land, then the USA gets hit with something. And in this case, in this case, within, uh, I believe it was about 24 hours since the plan was put on the table, COVID-19 was then declared to be a pandemic. Um, but not only that happened, there was also an earthquake in Miami that was about seven in the Richter scale and other things that happened as well, uh, terrible things. And I have an entire book on that for stormy weather, how within 24 hours it happens. Now, I quote a lot from, um, also I want to give honor to whom honor is due, and uh, William Fennick, who is the White House correspondent, uh, and he has a lot of investigation and research about this. But I continued on with other things that God showed me as well in that book. And so it's very dangerous to touch the land of the covenant. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, Archbishop Dominique Behrman. Breaking it down where most people live today in our remaining time here today, Archbishop, what hope without the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and deliverance is there when you cite an example 70% of those sitting in church pews today are watching and or addicted to pornography in other words sin in the church equals a powerless church that said what is your ministry specifically doing to address the quote sin issue which I would argue is the basis for every racial moral political and governmental issue we have today BLM critical race theory socialist Marxist communist Islamic anti-semitic ideologies come to mind your thoughts yes absolutely it needs to be tackled with and that's the reason why the identity theft book is actually a tool for that purpose because it restores the original gospel made in Zion it restores the power of the Holy Spirit the understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit it restores the holiness and the righteousness that is demanded from the believers in Messiah. It restores the true covenant walk of the bride. And all of that is mentioned in my book, The Identity Theft, as well. And so we are definitely tackling it. The thing is about identity. Because the moment that you know who he is, uh, as a lion from the tribe of Judah, no pussycat at all. And the moment that you know who we are as the bride of Messiah, then the sin in the church will be a non-issue. But I'll tell you the truth, the glory will come in, and it will begin to tackle with that, like the, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, and like other situations where about people could not play with sin anymore. The fear of God will return. It is a given when the identity of Messiah is restored, because the gospel, that I call it made in Zion, because it comes out of Israel 2,000 years ago, that gospel that comes with signs, wonders, and miracles, it also comes with the fear of God, with holiness, with righteousness, and with the commandments of God written in our hearts and in our minds. So people will not be able to masquerade themselves as believers, but walk like they are children of the devil. They will not be able to do it. They couldn't do it in the first century. And in the 21st century, my motto is, will be like the first century, that moving forward, to the glory of the latter house that will be greater than the former. Last question in our remaining time here today, Archbishop Bierman. Speak to that one who has no idea who they are in Yeshua, in Christ, and in life, and their next steps to finding hope, healing, salvation, and deliverance as you have. I love that question, Dean. I'm 
pretty evangelistic. And I, I can tell you people, all of you that are listening to me today, I wasn't saved because I knew theology. I was saved because I was desperate. And I understood that I, whatever I was doing was not working. And I understood that I, I, did, I wanted to be clean. I wanted to be clean. If there's some of you that want to be clean, that want to be pure, and you know you're not, that means that you're already going through a process of repentance. You already don't want this sin on you. And so what happens is that I didn't want it. And I began to reject it and reject the devil, even not knowing the Messiah. And so in my desperation, I just cried out. And he showed up to me. And the only thing that I did when I understood that he, and, and this, was, this was what I understood, that all I knew, and I, I, I really, that's all you need to know, that if you say yes to Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah, you live. And that if you say no to him, you die. That's why my book uh, of testimony is called Yes. So it's, it's absolutely so simple. It's just say yes to him all the way, give him your heart, give him your life, give him your mind, give him your plans, give him your agenda, give him everything you are. Believe me, that's nothing compared to his power, his anointing, his glory, his salvation, his eternity, his identity, nothing. So if you want to, you just go ahead, even as you're listening right now, and, and bow down your knees right now there and say, yes, Yeshua, come into my life, save me. Take me over completely. I relinquish my life into your hands and write your commandments inside of me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and power, and I am ready to do your will in Yeshua's mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to internationally recognized messianic apostle, prophet, evangelist, global revivalist, and the world's first female Jewish Archbishop Dr. Dominique Bierman, founder and president of Kadesh Ministries, the United Nations for Israel, and Global Revival Map Bible School, as well as television broadcast host, composer, and prolific author, her latest, The Identity Theft, The Return of the First Century Messiah. You can learn more about Archbishop Bierman's work, ministry, and mission by visiting Kadesh.org. That's K-A-D dash E-S-H dot O-R-G and United Nations for Israel dot O-R-G and get her book, get informed and get the healing, deliverance and power you need to not only get your life back, but your true identity in Yeshua, Messiah and soon coming King, Archbishop Bierman Dominique, if I may. Yours is a story that only God could imagine and did none of which would have come to fruition without your first saying yes, as beautifully chronicled in your book of the same name, a Chilean Jew who made her way to Israel from tragedy to triumph to the nations of the world with signs, miracles, and wonders following now unifying, educating, and inspiring others to the same and powerfully so. The Identity Theft is a book whose time has come for all ethnicities worldwide, with all roads leading back to Israel, from whence our Messiah came and will soon again return. We thank you. We honor you. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. Thank you, Justine. God bless you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. 
Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.